Hi, you're listening to Notes from a Drama Watcher, a podcast about East Asian dramas. It's part recap, part review, and there will definitely be spoilers ahead. Let's go. Hi, this is your host, M, and this is episode 12 of Notes from a Drama Watcher. In this episode, we will be discussing the C-drama, The Silent Criminal, pretty short C-drama, The Imperial Coroner, and of course, Be Love In-House, I Do. So we'll start off with Imperial Coroner, episodes 11 through 15. Episode 11 sees the team separated, so to speak, in that Jingyi and Lungwei are doing their own investigation. They're kind of looking into the local magistrate, I guess, to see if he's on the up and up. Jingyi is pretending to be the prince, and since they've never seen the prince before, they take him at his word. They're treating him as the prince and giving him information, plying him with food and drink, etc. The prince and Chu Chu are still at her house. The prince has asked to and the general, his brother, are staying over at the house. And Chu Chu's older brother is there as well and is behaving oddly, I think a bit jealous. They all drink, he is drunk, and he basically dares the prince to go visit the witch doctor's haunted house. Remember the witch doctor is who Prince Jinyu is thinking is his father anyway. So of course he is going to take Chin Hei, the older brother, up on his bet and or his dare and go visit the witch doctor's house. Part of the reason it's considered a haunted house is because there's a kind of, I guess, a moaning sound that comes from it when it's windy. The prince with his deductive reasoning realizes that it's just the way the walls are built when the wind goes through, that's why it's making that kind of sound. And he realizes that this was basically done on purpose to keep people away from the home. And this is because the witch doctor has hidden a secret within the walls, which they discover when they knock the wall down. And, you know, now it's another mystery. Why is this thing there? Why? Who did this? What's going on? In the meanwhile, Chuchu's family in episode 12 is getting very nervous because Prince Jinyu, along with looking for his own father and everything, remember, he's also there to investigate Chuchu's background to find out who she is to see if she can become an imperial coroner and they're very nervous about this and you don't know why but it does come out there is a she's got a birth secret basically and that is that she is adopted which she herself was not aware of but everyone else in the family knows there's also kind of a misunderstanding in this episode well it's, it's not so much a misunderstanding but just the pr- prince Jinyu is asking her again about the pendant, and then finally shows her that he's got the other part of the pendant, and that you know, the witch doctor is his father. And she takes it to mean he never wanted to hire her as a coroner in the first place. There was no test that she needed to take. He was simply using her to get his answers about his father. The head eunuch in the meantime is also continuing his political maneuverings. It is the death anniversary of Prince Jinyu's father. So he goes to the princess's house, Prince Jinyu's mother's house, to say that the king, the emperor, I'm sorry, sent him there to pay respect. And a few minutes later, the minister of war shows up, who really has been sent by the emperor to pay his respects. So the head eunuch was lying. He was just trying to, I guess, get into the house or maybe just show his power. I'm not sure. But the, the war, war minister, minister of war, basically strives in to save the day. Remember, he is... Um, Prince Jinyu's master, a mentor, so close to the family. That's all very interesting in, in its own way. I'm, I'm more interested in the Chu Chu and the Prince story, but this 
side of the story is also very interesting because you you get to see how everyone has to be so polite to each other while at the same time they're doing these you know political moves and they're trying to one up each other the princess is in kind of a precarious position the head eunuch has power so she can't just be like stay out of my house but then she also doesn't trust him and probably knows that he is maybe stretching the truth when he says that the emperor told him to come there but she can't outright just you know start accusing everyone of lying she's got to be very diplomatic about it now the issue of chuchu's birth secret to me is very interesting i feel like there are some cultural things here that i'm maybe not getting or they're just being very overly dramatic <laughs> in the drama and it has nothing to do with culture they all seem to well let me backtrack so her birth secret it is a woman who remember the whole family are coroners so whenever someone passes away they get called out to bury the body or, or retrieve the body etc so the father in the past was called out to retrieve a woman and they discovered that she was pregnant eight months pregnant i believe it was he said eight months at one point she may have been nine months and she was pregnant with chuchu and he is able to probably perform some kind of cesarean i guess and is able to have her um give birth to chuchu or at least extract chuchu because she has already passed away at this point the mother and they all seem to think that they're gonna get into a lot of trouble for this. They even use the term coffin baby in describing choo-choo. I tried to kind of look that up and didn't really see what the meaning of it was. It, it was some term that was used before, but they are really scared that he's going to arrest, that the prince is going to arrest the entire family for helping this woman who had passed away, you know, deliver her baby and for then keeping Chuchu and raising her and their family and they're all begging his forgiveness including Chuchu's begging his forgiveness because she doesn't want her, the family who raised her to get in trouble quote-unquote for her so that was just a little hard for me to understand I didn't get why they were so scared and why they would think that they were committing a criminal act unless they thought it was someone would think they were desecrating the woman's body but I don't know from a modern perspective I'm just thinking like mostly anyone would want this child to be born right um including the mother i'm sure if she had been alive and had any say so would want the child to be born so it was that was a little difficult for me to to wrap my head around what was going on in, in that scene in chapter 13 we we get into you know the prince had no intention of getting anyone into trouble and he basically is explaining to chuchu i had to find this stuff out about you i had to look into your background have to know everything about you which makes sense she's going to be working closely with the prince with royalty so of course he needs to know about her and know everything about her it's the modern equivalent of the background check that we would do if someone was working next to any high government official so now that the truth is out Chuchu can officially become coroner i guess um you know he the prince tells her basically he thinks she's brilliant and he he wanted her as coroner from the beginning but he needed to find out her background in this episode it's also confirmed that her older brother Chuhe likes her and which is why he's acting so strange towards the prince because he's basically just jealous and he wants to keep Chuchu close to the family and his solution to that that he proposes to his father is that Chuchu marry him so she can stay in the family which thank goodness the father is like she needs to like you too <laughs> it's clear she does not think of him in that way at all they were raised as brother and sister and she just sees him as her brother 
Choo Choo also finally realizes that there's no way Prince Jin Yu can be the handsome judge because he would have been a child when these cases were taking place that all these stories that she heard thank goodness she's realized that that was actually like the only one thing that was getting a little tired for me was that she kept insisting he was handsome judge and I'm like for someone who is so intelligent you should realize that the dates do not add up for him to be handsome judge so thank goodness she has realized that and hopefully we'll be dropping that so in the next couple of episodes, we've got, so we've got two mysteries running at the same time, right? We've got Prince Jin, you still trying to find out what has happened to his father, where, ha where he's disappeared to, if he's still alive, which he's assuming that he is. And also at the same time, Choo Choo has found out about her mother and they have exhumed her mother's body. Choo Choo does the autopsy, which, I mean, even if she never grew up with her, that that's extremely tough because she does the autopsy, realizes that. They had been told that the mother had committed suicide and it wasn't true. She was murdered. And now they have to figure out why and who did it. But there's another stumbling block that has come into Choo Choo's way right at the episode, the end of episode 15, which is going to make it difficult for her to get on that mystery right away. I am still really enjoying the show. All of the acting has been good so far. I really like the characters. Lung Wei, who has just come in now in the past couple of episodes, is interesting. We get to see that she, in a conversation she has with Choo Choo, it, she has some kind of tension going on with her grandfather, who is the general. And she gets into talking a little bit about, about that and why it made her choose to go on them with this, to go with them on this trip to this part of the country that in the past she kind of refused to go to. It's good to see Choo Choo's family. They're really sweet, except for the older brother, who is kind of annoying, honestly. <laughs> But dad and grandpa are really sweet and, you know, they raised Choo Choo with love and obviously, you know, made her into a good person. Not seeing any plot holes or anything so far. Um, there are two mysteries going on, like I said, so I hope it doesn't get too confusing. But so far, I am able to, to keep up with it. And next up, we've got Silent Criminal. Silent Criminal is a 13-episode drama. It originally aired on Aichi and it can be seen on Vicky. Episodes are about 35 minutes long, and it stars Wen Sheng as Long Yao, uh, who is a high-ranking imperial guard, and Liu Li as Shi Jing Yao, who is a local constable. The drama opens with thieves attempting to steal the Dayan Tu Ya from a high official, a general, who was entrusted by the previous emperor with this treasure, with this artifact. Only the thieves are caught by the guards and a call goes out by the guards. They send out a flare, call for help. And it's not to help with the theft necessarily, but it's, it's calling the Imperial guards to help them protect the official, the general. Long Yao and his partner respond to the call and they realize during the course of their duties that the treasure, the artifact has been stolen. If word gets out that the Dayan Tu Ya has been stolen under the general's watch, he would suffer and perhaps even be killed. And Long Yao knows this. He is a high-ranking Imperial Guard and he basically they just, he and his partner kind of pretend that they don't see the empty box and they just go on their way and all of a sudden the partner stops and decides to turn around. Long Yao's like, 
we cannot use this information to our advantage. You know, it would be dangerous kind of thing. His partner doesn't listen to him, turns around and tries to essentially blackmail the general with this information that he has because it's very, as I said, it's very dangerous if word gets out that the Zayin Tuya has been stolen. His attempt at blackmail begins a series of murders and maneuverings to cover up the theft. And investigating the first murder is Xi Jingyao, who is the local constable I mentioned. He's a somewhat bumbling constable uh, who nonetheless has good investigative skills. If you've ever seen, this is really old, but if you've ever seen like Columbo or I think some of the Agatha Christie, um, some of her characters might be this way, where they're kind of bumbling. People think they're fools, but they're actually solving the crimes and, you know, in the back of their minds. It's sort of like that, but not necessarily. He's not playing like a bumbling fool on purpose, like Columbo did, which I think, I didn't, you know, like I said, they're old. <laughs> Just in the clips I've seen of Columbo, that's the way he seems to act. This guy really is like a bumbling constable. He doesn't seem to have a lot of martial arts skills. Even though he looks like he should, he's kind of like a sturdy looking guy and I think he carries a weapon, whatever. But when it comes to fighting, he doesn't want to fight. He would rather run off. So anyway, in his investigation, it causes him to collide with Long Yao, who's, remember, our high-ranking Imperial officer, who at first, Long Yao doesn't trust him. But then he pretty much recruits him to investigate with him. This is the rest of the series. They are investigating that crime and the subsequent things that happened because of that first crime. This drama, I have to say, was a nice little surprise for me. It's not the best drama ever made <laughs> in the world, but I got very into it. And because of that, actually, Guardian got pushed to the side. I didn't even watch like any Guardian this week because I wanted to get through this whole the whole series of Silent Criminal. 13 episodes, pretty short for a C drama. So I was able to get through it relatively quickly. It helps that the episodes are also 35 minutes long, not, you know, an hour like other dramas might be. It's nicely shot. The fight sequences look realistic. I'm not sure where it's shot or I haven't watched a ton of C dramas. I did happen to watch Yin Yang, one of the Yin Yang Master movies though, a couple weeks ago. And that first scene where they the place where they discovered that the Da Yin Tu Ya is missing looks very much like one of the rooms in the Yin Yang Master movie. It could be the same set, I'm not sure. This is a bromance. Part of the reason I watched it is because the movie still or poster that's used on Vicky for the show has one of the characters kind of leaning over the other and they're very close. And I knew it being a C-drama, it was not going to be a BL, obviously, but I was curious as to why did they use that particular image for the poster and it's pretty much done purposely there's like little hints um throughout the show that you could interpret as bl you could interpret as them using for comedic effect but either way it's bromance they go from not trusting each other to really trusting each other working together and i was about to say respecting each other's opinions but it's it's not it's not that it's like a kind of banter that they have with each other they needle each other that kind of thing it's not like imperial coroner imperial coroner you really see the respect between the characters when they discuss the cases and and listen to each other's theories etc this is slightly different this is a little more comedic even though there's a lot of angst in this as well Xi Jingyao 
Um, his family is just him and his mom because his father abandoned the family 20 years ago, I think they said. But he discovers some things throughout the series about what exactly happens with his dad and things are not what he thinks they are. And there's a lot of sadness that happens for him. But actually, they don't dwell too much on that because they're... Again, it's more, it's a little more about the comedic effects here. So even though they've got these sad things happening, it doesn't stay sad for long, which I guess for some people they can look at as a downside. But on the other hand, it is only 13 episodes. So they really can't delve that much into the emotional piece of the plot. The pacing of the series is pretty good. In the, in the later episodes, it, it does lose its way slightly. N not the last episode, but the closer to the end. Loses its way a little bit as far as pacing goes, but it brings it back. And from what I gather, there is the possibility of a season two. I definitely would not mind seeing a second season of this. I think the actors work well, very well together. And whether you're looking at them as just friends or a bromance angle or some other angle, I think they've got a good chemistry with each other. Now, because it's a short show, 13 episodes, you're not going to get into a super deep mystery or anything. Everything's pretty much on the surface as far as the mysteries go, except for Xi Yao's family history. That's probably more mysterious than the actual mystery that the show is, is trying to solve. <laughs> but it's a show that I, I would say you might want to catch um, if you're looking for something, you know, short and sweet, not literally sweet, but short and sweet that, that you can get into, a short mystery that you can get into where you don't have to think too deeply about what you're looking at but that is still very enjoyable and has good chemistry amongst the, the cast. So before I get to be loved in-house just going to talk a little bit about the latest in the close friend series. I didn't plan to watch this and I, I was actually looking for be loved in-house on view and saw that they had put up another episode of close friends and I think it was copter that was in the picture so I decided to just check it out so chapter or episode seven of the close friends series is called imagine you and in this one the couple is Kimon and copter and copter plays Ray let me go back Kimon and copter you may they've been in like a few things but they were in the two moons series as a couple so in this one copter plays ray who's a super fan of jedi who is uh i guess an idol and jedi is played by kimon rain ray wins a pair of vr headsets that allow him to see virtual reality jedi he gets to see his his own idol however by coincidence the real jedi shows up in the coffee shop that ray works in which of course has him totally flustered because He's a super fan anyway, but then Jedi shows up like a few times in the coffee shop. And at the same time at home, Ray has continued to use the VR headsets. And in the VR headset, he's getting closer and closer to the virtual reality Jedi. And I don't know if this really happens or if this is still his imagination, but it seems as if virtual reality Jedi is able to come out of the VR headset so they're basically having like a whole life together you know good time together hanging out after work um jedi virtual reality jedi is reading like bedtime stories i guess to to ryan i'm sorry to ray while at work he is also seeing the real jedi who is, doesn't really respond to him that much doesn't speak to him because again he's an idol and when they first meet ray has said to him like i'm one of your jedi army so he's probably not quite sure what to make of this person and 
it, it's actually like a really cute part of the series. I have to say I wasn't going to watch it but decided to watch it last minute and it's probably my favorite one of the series. Even though I said I was waiting for Lay and the Lay episode of this Close Friends series, this one is probably my favorite. I think they're a really good couple. Like they've got really good chemistry. But also just Copter's character, Ray, is so cute here. Because he just really, really likes Jedi and is really a fan of Jedi. They even show him playing like, I guess, some kind of quiz at some point where he has to show like everything he knows about Jedi. And then Kimon has to play um, this like dual character. This two different, two different characters, really, which is the lovey-dovey VR character. And at the same time, he's playing Jedi, who's a little more, not cold, but just reserved because you know, he's an idol. And so he's just a little, keeping a little distance between him and a fan that he's not sure of. Like the other ones in the Close Friends series, this is a standalone episode, so it's only 18 minutes, so it's not a, a really deep story. <laughs> but it is the longest, I think, out of all the ones they've shown so far. Maybe, maybe episode one was around this long, but the other ones have been around 14 minutes or so. This one is, is actually 18 minutes, and they were 18 minutes well used. It's shot nicely, the cafe looks actually really nice. Like just the quality of it just look, not the cafe, the quality of the camera work looks really good. And of course the chemistry between the two main leads. Definitely worth checking out if you're going to look at the Close Friends series. I would say look at this one out of all of them. If you can only check out one, I think like this one is the one to check out out of all of the ones so far. And I've seen, I think I've seen five of them. So I would say this is my favorite so far. And finally, I'm going to talk about Be Loved in House I Do. And episode three is up on Vicky. They didn't show two episodes this time. So I guess that was just in the first round. They, they put episode one and two, but this time it's just episode three. And then episode four will come next week. I did see someone put on Twitter. So this is like a rumor. I don't know if this is anything official that if Beloved in-house does well, it's kind of supposed to be part of a series kind of thing, the same way the history series is for that company. So I'm hoping the series does well. I think it was off to a good start with episode one and two. So hopefully as it continues, I believe it's 10 episodes in total, the whole series will do well and we'll get another another series besides history. Because history, I like a lot of history, but I have to say history or I mentioned in a previous podcast, I, I wasn't going to do a review for it here because it just, oh, I got a lot of problems with that, with that particular part of the history series. So I'm a little afraid for what's going to happen going forward. Although I guess Make Our Days Count 2 is probably the next thing in the history series. So that's a good sign um, if that's the next thing. But, and I would not mind, would not mind at all seeing a Lee Chang Tang Tang, a Muren story. I would love them having their own series without that other couple in it. So all is not lost for history, but I think they stumbled a bit with history for. So anyway, let's move on to Be Loved in House I Do, episode three. So episode three starts off where episode two left off, which is Shile is daring Yuzhen to make a bet with him. And Yuzhen's kind of like, nah, that's okay. <laughs> which 
made me laugh because that's pretty much my response, what my response would be to that. So Shile, you know, pushes it again and Yuzhen's still like, yeah, that's a waste of time. No thanks. But he finally does agree. And the bet is to see who, which of them could get a business partner first, you know, for the, um, for the business and whoever wins, the other person has to, I guess, fulfill a promise for them. Yuzhen promises to cancel the rule. He just says the rule, but I'm assuming it's the no dating rule. And then he says that Shile has to, you know, promise him something, but he doesn't say what it is. He just says it's a secret. And Shile agrees to that. Of course, as he's telling him, you know, it's a secret, he's like grabbed his arms and he's, this is Yuzhen has grabbed Shile's arms and he's leaning into him and he's whispering this into his ear. Which, if I was Shile, I would be like, hmm, I should think twice about this. But he doesn't, and they agree to the bet. Yuzhen even gives Shile the chance to back out, and Shile doesn't. I think that just fires him up more to do this challenge. But so he leaves the office, and Yuzhen seems, seems a little too happy that, you know, that they, he's accepted this challenge or that he's continued with the challenge that he himself set up. I don't know if I mentioned this in the last, I don't think I mentioned this in the last podcast because I, even though I say there are spoilers, I do try to leave some stuff as a mystery in case people want to watch the episodes. But in the last episode, in episode two, there's a little bit of a flashback. I don't know how long ago this happens, but it shows Yuzhen outside of the shop while the workers are out there handing out flyers trying to drum up business and he sees Shile at that time and it almost looks like love at first sight at that time so he remembers Shile from this time Shile does not remember him I don't know how important this is I don't know if the whole reason he has the shop is because of Shile you know we're gonna find this out later I guess but because of that there's kind of this UST you know tension between them it's one-sided though right because Shile doesn't really really know what's going on here Eugene is the one who who knows a little more who knows that he met Shile before so the three employees try on their own to you know, drum up some business, get some business contacts. Um, they're doing this in the cafe. So it's kind of another funny scene because while they're talking about how they're trying to get business, these same three girls that were in there before when they were in the cafe in the previous episodes, they're still there. And I guess they're supposed to be like social media influencers because they always seem to be on their phone. So they overhear them and they're like, kind of like, we'll help you. So I guess, I don't know, for the rest of the series, they're just going to be hanging out in this cafe, being all in the business. Um, in the meanwhile, things are not going super great like they want it to. So they decide that they're going to spy on Yuzhen again, on the boss. And who should be volunteered for that again, but Shile like before. The thing is that Shile is like the worst spy ever because <laughs> in the previous episodes when he was spying on him, he's like following directly behind him, which of course um, Eugene turns around and sees him. This time he's spying, digging through the things in his office, but his colleague is, you know, coughs and says like he's coming kind of thing. And he just stays in the office. He had plenty of time to leave, but instead he stays there. And then when Eugene comes in, he's like, oh, I was bringing in some things for you, which is, it's just so super obvious, which obviously this is on purpose, right? Because this is a lighthearted kind of show or it's supposed to be lighthearted. And so far it's accomplishing that. It's pretty cute so far. Like I said before, they, the tension between the two main leads is pretty good. They've got good chemistry together. I like all the other employees. I like all the acting here as well. Those three girls in the cafe are 
or a nice touch, you know, as comedic relief. And the continuity in the episodes is good. This seems like a really small thing, but at the end of episode, or not right at the end, but in episode two, Shile actually cuts himself when they're in the house. And that's when I had said that Yuzhan showed a little bit of humanity. You know, he was helping him with the cut and he, he bandages the cut. And here in episode three, for about halfway through the episode, Shile has that band-aid on his finger. <laughs> I know it seems like a small thing, but I cannot say, and I'm sure all of us have seen so many dramas over the year where this was a little cut that he cut on his finger when he was doing cutting tomatoes. I'm sure we've all seen shows where somebody was like stabbed or shot. And by the next episode, there's no evidence whatsoever of the wound. You know, it's very ridiculous. Here, at least they left him with that band-aid on <laughs> so you could see the next time, you know, that it was still just a day or two later. So that was good. Speaking of injuries, um, I had actually read before watching this that uh, Aaron, Aaron is the name? Aaron Lee? Yeah, the actor for Eugene's character had been in an accident before and so he actually hasn't been acting for a while this is his first role back I think and it was a pretty bad accident I actually went and read about it to see what exactly happened so he was riding on a they say a bike I don't know if it was a motorbike or you know a pedal bike but he was on his bike on the way to the gym and was hit by a minibus and he had to have his spleen removed and he had some broken ribs and a collapsed lung. It was really bad. Apparently, he doesn't even remember the accident. He had brain hemorrhaging as well. So it was really bad. And actually, in this episode here, they show... In, in the first episode, I think they showed Chile shirtless. In this episode, they show Eugene shirtless. And you see the scar. And again, I know this might seem like a small thing to some people, but I actually like that they showed it. I think they're going to make this a part of his story, his character's story on the show. But even if they didn't and they were just showing the actor like that, I like that they did that because, you know, people have scars. People have had surgeries. Um, it's just reality. And seeing that on him shows, you know, how much of a survivor he is. And I'm glad for him that he has recovered mostly it seems he may have some lingering things i'm sure but he's mostly recovered and he's back on his feet and he's back acting again and that is great to see i'm happy for him i don't know him personally but you know i'm happy for him the same way i'd be happy for anyone who's uh recovering from something like that and i'm glad they're not you know slathering on makeup and covering what's what's just a part of his of his body so another good episode I think this series is off to a good start and I hope it's true that whatever company this is from is going to come out with more in the series. I mean, I kind of figured it's the, the name Be Loved In House and then it's actually colon I do. So, you know, part of a bigger series, but um, I think they're off to a good start with this one. And that is it for episode 12 of Notes From A Drama Watcher. In the next episode, I'll be talking more about Imperial Coroner and hopefully I'll get back to watching Guardian because I will have finished Silent Criminal by then. And we'll see what else comes out. Uh, Top Secret is out on, which is another BL drama. I think it's it's on WeTV. It might be online. I'm not sure which one. Line TV. Um, I might check out one of those, but we'll see how much time I have. We do have a holiday weekend coming up, so I may not be able to check it out, but 
But anyway, thanks for joining me for this episode. If you want to reach out to me online, make any comments, if you agree or disagree with with what I've said here or have any suggestions, you can catch me on Twitter at DramaWatcher6 or by email at DramaWatcherNotes at gmail.com. Be safe, everyone.